Hello everybody, my name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Today we're going to talk about a woke preacher clip that comes from the Unholy Post with uh, Sky Jethani and Phil Vischer. And of course we're going to be talking a little bit about David French as well because this issue about French's uh, support of the Respect for Marriage Act or the Disrespect for Marriage Act as it might be more accurately called is definitely exposing a lot of people but a lot of these people have kind of already exposed themselves over the years and it does get into the uh point about the merits of plurality and the merits of conservatism uh one of which i agree with and the other i do not that this discussion has come up and uh, Phil Vischer is going after Christians who support legalizing the traditional biblical definition of marriage. So that is the latest news that we're going to cover in today's video. But first, if you are new, do subscribe to the channel and also drop the like button. Early likes really help with the magical YouTube algorithms. And if you really like this kind of content... We have a Patreon-like system here at evangelicaldarkweb.org slash join. You can support us for as little as $5 a month, or you can just subscribe to the newsletter, which is free, and there's extra content in the newsletter that doesn't always make it onto a video or podcast. So with that said, let's just dive right on into this video. We're going to be picking up at the... 36 and a half minute mark and this is at 1.3 speed to get through this a little faster. and the big one it was a lot of smaller voices saying we hate you david french you used to be a christian and now we don't know you anymore used to be it was a lot of that those are that's what little voices sound like but then the voices <laughs> get bigger and bigger and bigger and then al moeller weighed in president of the southern baptist seminary the largest seminary i think in the world uh some people described him as the pope of evangelicalism which is a dumb term because he's not I not even close that. He's just a thought leader in the SBC and a conservative thought leader. He wrote a piece for World Magazine called The Parable of David French. So what's interesting about the timing of Phil Vischer criticizing Al Mohler is that I do find myself on the side of Al Mohler, despite the fact that I've been highly critical of Al Mohler lately. And that's not because I, you know, have a personal beef with Al Mohler or a vendetta against Al Mohler. I don't have an agenda against Al Mohler. It just so happens, you know, he's been sued for defamation. So that's a story that I cover. Uh, he's attacking conservative positions. So that's just something I found interesting and then covered also. So, you know, but here Al Mohler is on the more correct side. I don't necessarily agree with at least their characterizations of his arguments. I don't really agree with or care about, but He's on the right side of this issue, and he's highly critical of David French. Probably not critical enough of David French, because David French is a false believer. He is uh, t should be treated as a tax collector at this point, because of his support for degeneracy. But let's continue. I, I just think the context of me defending Al Mohler is kind of funny. Um, wow, what a title. Yeah, I, and I, don't, I didn't really find the parable in it. Because it's not like he planted a field or was, you know, late for a wedding party or there was, there was nothing. There's no metaphor. There's no parallel. There's no moral a, lesson to, to be, be learned. No, there is. So maybe oh. that's all he means. Maybe that's all he means. He's, he criticizes David French heavily for saying that civil 
same-sex marriage is probably um, the best uh, agreeable solution for a pluralistic society currently in America. And, that's and, and this is what I wanted to bring up because Al Mohler, you know, says he's wrong now when he asserts that the Supreme Court sufficiently values religious liberty. Um, you know, in other words, churches are going to be shut down and Christians are going to be thrown in jail if they don't go along with all the new stuff. Um, then he, and he says this, one of the most, and this is what I want to get at, one of the most perplexing marks of our time is the defection of so many quote-unquote conservatives from the cause of conserving what Russell Kirk called the permanent things. Okay, so the, the cause of a conservative is to conserve the permanent things. If marriage, this is Moeller talking, if marriage is not conserved, if civil marriage is not conserved, in other words, just the legal definition in our pluralistic culture is not conserved as a man-woman union, then nothing genuinely conservative can last, at least for long. Um, this is how, and this is his concluding sentence, this is how conservatism dies, and this is how marriage is surrendered. So let me just respond to their quote of Al Mohler, because I think Al Mohler here has the right conclusion with the wrong math. I think he's right to say that this is how mar uh, marriage is surrendered and conservatism dies. I think his math is wrong because I don't, you know, because his definition of conservatism is vacuous. And this is going to be the argument that these liberals make is that his definition of conservatism is so vacuous. It's all about protecting the current thing uh, or conserving the permanent thing. And the permanent thing, if it needs to be conserved, it's not that permanent. So I have an issue with that just on its on the premise of it. I, I view conservatism as more as conserving Christendom because at the end of the day, there, the alignment, it, it's not an accident that everything that the Democrats and liberals believe is evil. It's not an accident. And I mean pretty much everything. It's not an accident. It's not an accident that, and I'm not going to, and I don't want to give too much credit to organizations like the Republican Party, but it's not an accident that they're, side of the issue is more biblical on pretty much every issue you name it in the comment section if you disagree you name the issue uh that the democrats are more biblical on and you know good luck with that so anyway that's not a coincidence it's not a coincidence and brian i'll use hillsong as a quick anecdote here uh, Brian Houston of Hillsong is not, in my opinion, he's a false teacher, right? Yet, the people in Australia who really hate God go after him nonetheless because they don't care about the distinction between what it, who is a real believer and who is not a believer so much as they want to destroy anything associated with Christianity. They want to destroy God's created order systematically, and that's what much of the homosexual and transvestite movement in the United States and globally is about. It's about systematically destroying and dismantling God's created order. And that is not sustainable. We should be trying to conserve God's created order because that is wise governance. The job of the government is to punish evil and reward good. We should not be rewarding evil and then i would argue that the supreme uh, that the the disrespect for marriage act punishes good as well we should not be advocating for that uh 
and David French and Joe Carter. I did the video on Joe Cor Carter calling uh, Naomi and Ruth a civil union. He he basically made that argument, and again also advocated for pluralism, which is not virtuous. Pluralism is not virtuous. It's not worth conserving because it's unsustainable culturally. That those are some sweeping statements. The broad statements, but here's what here's what I just want to point out because I just I just find this fascinating. What he doesn't talk about in this is Christianity. What he doesn't talk about this sure he does. Jesus never comes up. Yeah, Christianity he, doesn't come up. Well, he, he said conservatism. Conservatism. The church for him that's Christianity. He is not defending the faith in this. He's defending conservatism. Conservatism has become the thing that we are supposed to fight for. This is a logical fallacy. I don't know if uh, Jesus comes up in David French's article because uh, I was, I, you know, I'm not giving him my email or whatever. But even in the Joe Carter article, which defended David French, it's not like Jesus really came up in that article. I mean, if you're just sprinkling the name of Jesus to make a good or bad argument, you know, there's objection would still stand this is a false objection in my opinion uh it's because you know first of all you know there's the augustinian notion of all truth is god's truth and defending the created order is defending the kingdom of light as opposed to advancing the kingdom of darkness which these clowns are doing not jesus not the faith not the church and I'm just trying, like, even the notion that nothing genuinely conservative can last, at least not for long. How do we know if that's not a good thing? How do we know what is and isn't good to conserve? If, if, our, only, if our only value is conservation of what Russell Kirk called the permanent things, and now who gets to decide what are the permanent things? Where does that come from? Because exactly. for a uh, hundred years, what conservatives fought to conserve in America was racial hierarchy. That was the number one thing That's conservatives strong, were fighting man. to conserve because that was a permanent thing, because that was God established, because that was in the Bible, because the one thing that all Confederate theologians agreed on in 1865 was that the Bible was on their side. It was clear the Bible does not have any problem with slavery. So we are trying to conserve the permanent things. Slavery has always been a permanent thing in history. These Northern Yankees Actually, who hasn't. don't know how to read the Bible are trying to take away our way of life and we must conserve it. So now we say, oh yeah, 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 but they were wrong. Oh yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't one of the permanent things. Now we know what the permanent things are and the permanent things are the nuclear family as came into existence in 1952. Wow. That's a permanent thing. And uh, heterosexual marriage. What else is permanent? Gun rights are permanent yeah. and small government is a permanent thing. Mm -hmm. And a big military is a permanent thing. These are the permanent, because these, if you look at the history of what the, the conservative movement in America has been fighting for, it has changed over the years. To kind of fit, same thing with progressivism. We fight for different things depending on where we are, where we're situated, Notice what the period we. we're in. So to say all of this, I can decry David French as a heretic because he is not, he is not trying to conserve my permanent things. The reason why David French is a heretic is because he slanders the brethren on a daily basis for a living, not just to a Christian, not just to the church, he slanders the brethren, but he also slanders the brethren to a pagan audience. That's why David, you know, French should be avoided, marked and avoided, uh, and trolled and mocked relentlessly. So 
let's break down a few things. First of all, Phil Vischer's history is really bad. It is really, really bad. He doesn't understand the Civil War. He doesn't really understand uh, the theological arguments between the North, Northern Christians in the North and Christians in the South. Uh, he doesn't really understand that, you know, the nuclear family has kind of pretty much always really existed. Uh, and that, again, only in recent decades has a gay marriage even been a conversation. So... And then I would like him to offer what good thing has progressivism fought for. The 16th Amendment, the 17th Amendment, the 18th Amendment, the 19th Amendment. Uh, what, what good things has progressivism fought for? Uh, there's a challenge for you. Uh, it's hard to disagree with you, Phil, and I'm not going to. Um, Thank you. But it reminds me, wasn't it Moeller? Not that long ago, who said any Christian who voted who doesn't vote yes. the right way yes. is unfaithful to God. Unfaithful to God. It's very similar linguistically here because for decades and decades, so many white evangelicals have been told that conservatism is the Christian point of view. Yeah. To the point where you no longer have to say that. All you have to say is conservative or the conservative party or the conservative point of view. And people, their brains automatically associate that with Christianity, the Bible, Jesus, yep. God, faithfulness. It's, it, they have done such a brilliant job of branding conservatism as inherently Christian that the brain does it automatically. And therefore anybody who has a progressive point of view on anything is automatically not Christian. And that's really amazing when you think about it. That yeah. It's that complete a transformation of the language that for so many people, he doesn't even have to speak about Christianity anymore. They get it. They, they get, it's not a dog whistle anymore. It's just a, it's a referee whistle. People hear it and they get it. <laughs> they know which team they're on. Yeah. <laughs> who needs to go in, in the timeout box? Uh, Christian, what are you thinking? I can see your wheels turning. Well, I, one thing is I re remember in the 80s, you know, truthfully, and I am so embarrassed to admit this, but meeting a Christian who was a Democrat and being shocked and just mm -hmm. couldn't fathom how that could even be possible. And that that is so based <laughs> was the way it was back in the 80s. And my you that's know, Christian the way it should be now. Circle. I mean, right. fast forward all of these years later, and it's just far worse, you know, where better. Uh, and I don't know how you unring this bell. Like, yeah. how the heck do you unring this bell? Here's, here's how you unring it. So let's go back to Sky's comments about the Al, Al Mohler's previous statements about uh, voting Democrat is a sin, which is based. There's no justifiable reason to vote for the Democrat Party. This is not arguing that you have to affirmatively vote for the Republican Party. I'm not arguing that. There's plenty of Republicans uh, that aren't worth voting for. I did not vote a Republican straight ticket. Uh, in this last election. Uh, and, but there are no Democrats worth voting for. There's not a single Democrat worth voting for in this country. The Democrat Party is worse uh, in many respects than, and less biblically justifiable in many respects than the National Socialist German Workers Party. Because, you know, even at the time, uh, you know, because in this current time, it's, there's less biblical justification for voting for that uh, than voting for a more nationalistic, revanchist political party. Let's just be real. Uh, so there is less justification. Uh, the Democrat Party is on the same level as the Communist Chinese or Chinese Communist Party. 
Uh, same level as the Liberals and the Tories in, not the same level. Uh, the Tories are a little below that, but the Tories I don't think are justifiable to vote for. And pretty much all five political parties in Canada, you, you know, I'm not saying, there's a lot of areas where Christians really can't vote politically because there's no parties that really align with biblical values at all. And I mean at all. America's lucky to at least have, at times, candidates that, you know, will align with our values. But the Democrats are aligned against every single value of Christianity. Every single value. Not just a few. Every single one. And again, I would challenge you in the comments who disagree what values do the Democrats and uh, actually agree with the Bible on and from the same premise that the Bible agrees with them on and for the same means that the Bible prescribes. Because, you know, rhetoric aside, what the Democrats advocate is evil. Process means outcome, evil. Well, it's it, it will take forever, but... Define your terms, okay? Conserve, just think about it. Conserving things is not inherently good or bad, depending on what you're conserving. Right. And I progress is not inherently good or bad, depending on what direction you're progressing in. Right. What <laughs> is inherently good is pursuing Jesus. Progressing towards Jesus, conserving what we love about Jesus and believe to be true about Jesus, the orthodoxy about Jesus and the Christian faith, that's worth conserving progressing to make people's lives better, that's worth progress on. There's lots of things that we're trying to make progress on and there's lots of things that we're trying to conserve. Let's just take those two terms as moral indicators and throw them away and say to Al Mohler, can we talk about Jesus and can we talk about the Christian faith and stop talking about conservatism because that's not the religion we follow. So I see the problem with this re response is because the context of what Al Mohler was writing about was David French, who routinely calls himself a conservative. It's right for Al Mohler to talk about conservatism because, you know, this is where Al Mohler won't go far enough. Al Mohler will not call, to my knowledge, will not or has not called David French a false believer. He has not called him a heretic. And because Al Mohler won't go that far. He's left with defending the merits of conservatism and basically saying that David French is on the outside of the conservative circle. That's what the Al Mohler is doing. And these guys don't get that. Uh, they just view Al Mohler as a big voice. And the people that say David French is a heretic are these little whiny voices on the Internet. And that's not true. Just before uh, getting on this recording with you guys, I recorded the last episode of our subseries, What in the World, which yeah. is about the book Inalienable, and had a really interesting conversation with two of the authors, Matt Matthew Sorens, who's been on the show many times, and Eric Costanzo. And one tangent. of the questions I asked them, and I trust me, this relates, is why are so many Christians okay with engaging all kinds of social good and, and justice efforts in overseas contexts, but chafe against doing that at home in the U.S. or in their own community? And Matthew Sorens gave a really interesting answer, and he said he thinks part of the reason is we're ignorant about the politics in Honduras or Nicaragua or Guatemala or Africa. And we don't understand how these things break down politically when we go into a foreign country and engage in these social activities. But here in the U.S., when a systemic issue arises that requires some kind of 
mobilization community activism or political activism, we immediately know, oh, well, that's Democratic or that's Republican or that's mm -hmm. progressive or that's conservative. And then it clouds our judgment of whether or not I can engage it because oh, I have minute. to be on my team and not for the other team. And because we don't have those categories for most overseas communities, all we do is go in and ask, well, what does Jesus want us to do here? Mm -hmm. And we do mm -hmm. it. But in America, we don't ask that because we're too beholden to the categories you're talking about, Phil. And it was just a reminder, like if we could shut down those categories in our imaginations and simply ask, what does Jesus want us to do here? We might be shocked to discover how many things we end up doing that don't conform to the political party that we had belonged to. Yeah. Yeah. So there is some kernel of truth to this. And I think this largely, you know, is an indictment on ideologies like neoconservatism, which is not conservatism. Uh, it's, you know, basically we can take Amer America as a proposition nation, which is not a conservative uh, ideal whatsoever. And, you know, we can Patrick Starr take America and push it somewhere else. That, I, I think, is largely where a lot of disconnect comes from. He didn't list any examples, but I can think of examples uh, where this is definitely true, where Christians don't really know how to navigate because they don't understand what the perspective of Christians overseas is. For instance, uh, Christians in Palestine don't like Israel. Uh, Christians in Syria were pro-Assad. And then all these, you know, uh, virtue signalers wanted to put Al-Qaeda or Al-Nursa or ISIS in charge of Syria because those who those were the Syrian rebels, the uh, John McCain freedom fighters. So oh, there's instances like that. Uh, you know, what do Christians in Russia believe? about the special military operation. I, I'd imagine most of them support it. Uh, are Christians in Iran all for these protests that are going on? I don't know the answer to that. We can suspect that the answer is yes, but I'm also nervous about the, you know, the, the feminist undertones of that, uh, of that movement. Uh, there, there might be Christians that oppose that movement because of the feminist undertones. So, that's, a, I think, a better way to think about it. What do Christians in these other countries believe? Do Christian, you know, are there any Christians in Brazil that support a communist criminal uh, to become the next president? I don't, I, I'd be hard-pressed to think about that. Or even closer, in Canada, do Christians support Trudeau? So, if you're really grounded in a biblical worldview... These issues in other countries aren't that difficult to navigate. They really aren't. Uh, so, and the other thing to talk about is the fact that, and I'll just circle back to the point that I was making, is that if we uh, put ourselves in the mindset of believers in other places, uh, we'd have a better perspective on how, to, how they're navigating the issues, uh, and we should trust the believers in many ways, not not the establishment, not the religious establishment in these places, but the genuine on the ground believers. And I'll do one more example. So, and this was an article that we covered on Evangelical Dark Web about Richard Land, the former head of the ERLC, the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention, who attacked in 2014. He was trying to defend you know, traditional marriage while attacking Uganda for their anti-buggery law, which was based. And 
are there and basically saying there's not a Christian justification for anti-buggery laws. And that first of all, you know, do you even American history, bro? Second of all, I, I bet the Christians in Uganda supported that law. I thought I, I bet the Christians in Uganda thought that that was a no brainer. That anti-buggery laws are a no brainer. So these issues aren't that hard to navigate. Liberals or liberals, these people who don't have a Christian worldview can't navigate them because they, you know, they don't want to. They don't have it. Uh, Al Mohler, I think, struggles. And that's why he's defining conservatism so vacuously. And it shows. A little the bit question more is, whose version of what Jesus? Well, exactly. And that's where if you're a political activist and your priority is amassing as large a voter block as you can, and that's, you know, that's whether it doesn't matter what party you're in or you're in the Green Party or in the Libertarian Party. If you want as many people uh, to line up their morality with your morality, you have to convince them that your morality is biblical. You know, that, that the Bible promotes big military, small government. And I'm going to find verses to back that up somehow. The Bible promotes private gun ownership, or the Bible promotes school vouchers, or the Bible promotes uh, uh, teachers unions, or the Bible promotes, you know, whatever it is that your side is fighting for, you have to figure out how to find it in the Bible, as opposed to letting the Bible decide what policies you should be fighting for. Um, or we, we go backwards. Or admit that maybe this issue, the Bible is silent on, and <sighs> we just need to have a robust, wise, culturally broad conversation about what we think is the best way forward. And Okay, so this again just ignores the context of the debate. If you're talking about the evangelical voting block, the number one issue is abortion. You know, gay marriage is somewhere in the top three, I imagine, in the homosexuality transvestite movement. So they're not really down to earth. And here's here's another fun fact, and you see this a lot with polling, is that the people that are more pro-life are also more conservative. And a lot of conservative activist organizations use the life issue to determine who they need, want to get in touch with on issues like uh, right to work and uh, other issues. So that's a lot of how it works. And I, again, I, people with a biblical worldview come down on the issues in a largely same way, at least in consequential terms. There are some disagreements, but on a macro issue like abortion, like Canadian euthanasia, like uh, homosexuality and marriage and transgenderism, I think people with a biblical worldview all come down the same way. They don't want that stuff. They don't want a pluralistic society where you can sacrifice your baby to Molech. So, you, they don't get it. I think they a little bit more left. And agree to disagree at times oh, and not man. invoke God in our arguments. Oh, man. Oh, that's a slippery slopes guy. That's a slippery slope. Like, I'm I don't not think sure the Bible has an argument about congressional term limits or socialized oh. medicine. I saw one in Revelation. It was the, after two terms, like a fire. Two terms, like a fire. That's where it is. Okay. <laughs> what I found interesting, and, and we got to wrap this up because we're going long, and, and we're going to talk to David French um, on Friday, on French Friday, more about this fascinating conversation. To me, it felt like Al Mohler gave away the game. When you get right down to it and you realize he's not worried about 
conserving Christianity or progressing Christianity. He's worried about conserving conservatism. And the definition he's operating under, which he's already, he, he illuminated in, in depth with his interview with the Wall Street Journal, with uh, the New York Times, uh, two issues, two issues that we have to worry about right now, sanctity of life, which means abortion. It does not mean the death penalty. It does not mean the poor. It does not mean the environment. It does not mean anything else that affects the sanctity of someone's life. Uh, quality of life issues are not life issues. Abortion, uh, the issue of abortions about abortion and, uh, or pro-life is about abortion and euthanasia in general. Those are the two issues because it's about government sanctioned murder. That's the issue. It's not about quality of life. Death penalty is not murder. You see that repeatedly in the Bible. It's the one law, uh, given in all five books of the Torah. It's the one law in all five is about killing murderers, executing murderers. So, not the same, not the same uh, stadium, not the same ball uh, ballpark, not the same league, not even the same sport as a quality of life issue. Except abortion, he will say, and marriage. Those are the two issues that we're supposed to care about. And that means you have to be a Republican or you're not faithful to God. It's crotch Christianity. And that's, it's stunning. It's stunning. Stunning. So God, it's more important to God that I am a conservative than that I am a follower of Jesus. That is what he's telling me. And you can tweet about that and I don't care. Okay. <laughs> so that's the end. And again, I don't like Al Mohler, so I can't defend him that if he made a bad argument, uh, he made a bad argument. I can't really defend that because again, Al Mohler is not willing to go there with David French because he's not willing to go there with David French. He opens himself up uh, to being clowned by Phil Vischer, of all people, who, again, is a clown himself, uh, and a vegetable, a fruitcake, maybe. And Phil Vischer is trying to justify supporting evil. And we saw that a lot in 2020, where Phil Vischer went really, really woke. And we've done multiple videos on Phil Vischer, you know. The famous words of Ratatouille, you know, one can get too familiar with the vegetables, and that's Phil Vischer. He's gotten too familiar with the vegetables. So, uh, because Al Mohler's not willing to go there, but I am willing to go there. And two, if you support the Democratic Party, you're supporting evil policies. There's no if, and, or buts. There's no exceptions to the rule. Democrats vote in a hive mind. And this is something I put on Gab and Twitter recently was that you know a lot of republicans are celebrating the uh you know kirsten cinema as some sort of moderate rather than just saying yay 2024 we can oust her uh you know there's an opportunity there to uh win win a senate race with more ease uh but you see a lot of people in conservative inc celebrate kirsten cinema as a moderate and her voting record is trash her voting record uh, if you go by the Liberty score by conservative review is a five. You know who actually has the best voting record among Democrats? Ilhan Omar. She is the most moderate Democrat by the voting record. By the voting record. She votes more with us than Kirsten Cinema, Joe Manchin, who's not that far behind. Uh, and uh, especially... Uh, a lot of these other people that are 
offered up as moderates. Uh, so just goes to show, uh, you know, conservatism does actually mean something. Uh, and I, again, people with a biblical view get it. They get it. People that don't have a biblical view, the liberals, they don't get it. And Al Mohler, he's halfway. He's in the middle somewhere. I don't think Al Mohler is a conservative. I, 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 I've written that in the past. He, he attacks the conservative position. Uh, he, he tries to be the gatekeeper. You know, no one's more conservative than me, except for like all these other people that will never get acknowledged by him, I guess. Or unless they're attacked by him as fundamentalist or whatever. So anyway, uh, that's all I got to say about that. If you liked the video, do also subscribe to the channel if you're new. And uh, check out evangelicaldarkweb.org. All these things linked in the description below. Have a blessed day. I will catch you on the next one. God bless.